0: Hey friends, welcome to episode 102 of the Fierce Calling podcast. I'm your host, Dara Swift, and I am so thankful that you are here listening in today. And I have a great show for you. Have you ever struggled with identity, worth, significance? I think the enemies attacked us in those areas on more than one occasion. And in this episode... My guest and friend, Tina Yeager, is going to share about discovering your true worth, value, and significance in Christ. And she wants you to know that you are a beautiful warrior who is loved by God and to believe the truth about who God says you are while dispelling the enemy's lies about who he says you are not. And we're going to talk about that. And I want you all also to check out the Edify app, E-D-I-F-I, and listen to the Spark Network and all the amazing Christian podcasts on that app. It's free on both the Apple and Google Play stores. So check that out, friends. Yeah, this episode today is really powerful. And the world is under such attack right now from the enemy. And identity is a big thing he's always tried to attack us with and keeping us ineffective for the kingdom because we're focused on our own insecurities, but we can be secure in Christ. And I know what Tina has to share is going to encourage, inspire, and challenge you. So listen in while I have a chat with Tina Yeager. Welcome back to the Fierce Calling Podcast. Today, I am excited to welcome my friend, Tina Yeager. She is an award-winning author, inspirational speaker, life coach, and she hosts the Flourish Mint podcast. I love that she is a licensed counselor because that's near and dear to my heart. And she also wrote a book, and we'll talk about that as well, called Beautiful Warrior, Finding Victory Over the Lies, formed against you. And it just reminds me so much, the scripture that says no weapons formed against you shall prosper. And so we're going to talk about these things and you are going to stick around. Welcome to the show, Tina. So great to have you.
1: Thank you, Doris. It's a delight to be on the show with you. I always enjoy your presence.
0: Thank you. It is awesome too, because we are in a podcasting collective group together. And so we get to share ideas and thoughts and share how we can glorify God and further his kingdom together. So very good. Well, I would love if you would share a little bit about your story and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect.
1: Thank you, Doris. I would like to share that sometimes we go through trials in our lives. And we find that that is exactly where God wants to shine his message and his love and his grace into the lives of those around us. As a young person, I always kind of struggled with this low sense of self-worth. I felt as though other people just couldn't possibly love who I was or even like me. And that low self-esteem, that sense of lacking a sense of significance or being lovable at all to other people really increased and increased until I became a teenager. And in middle school, I started struggling with body image issues and an eating disorder. And that continued for eight years into my college years, where I was really doing all kinds of things that were just not healthy and not functional to try to seek approval and try to fit in. And then after I finally came into a place where I was recovered from those things and the Lord really blessed me and, and over time, it did take time. I don't want anybody to think this was a overnight recovery, but I did get to the point where I eventually became a counselor and I saw women come into my office over and over again, almost every single women that I met with had the same low self-esteem struggles, similar shame issues, identity issues, significance issues, feelings of low self-worth and, and lacking purpose. And I realized I needed to share what I had learned and what these women desperately needed for healing with more than those I could meet with in my office as a therapist, So that was what prompted me to write the book, Beautiful Warrior, so that I could share that image of, of overcoming those shame lies and overcoming all the ways that the enemy tries to destroy our identity and break us into these traps of, of comparison and competition and looking at ourselves as needing to wear a mask and pretend we're okay. And all of those things that keep us trapped In those cells that lock us away from our purpose and lock us away from healing and truth.
0: Yeah. Thanks for sharing all of that. And I know that the woman listening today can totally relate to everything that you were saying, because, like you said, so many things of these struggles and lies are common amongst us and we can really fall prey to those. And I also love in the beginning how you had said that. God can work and use our struggles and the trials that we go through, that he brings us through for his glory and for purpose, and that there's a message in there. And I always like to say that our past story doesn't discredit our grace story. It becomes part of it. And first of all, too, I cannot imagine anybody not liking you. You're such a delight. But I know that sometimes even when we're younger, even as children, we can believe these lies and it just really starts to build on who we become, which isn't really our true identity. Right, Tina? Can you speak into that a little bit?
1: The enemy definitely wants to destroy our sense of worth and our sense of identity in Christ and who he says we are. So he slips into our thinking either through the way others treat us and see us or things that we adopt on our own or usually a combination of those two things. So I remember being very isolated as a kid. I had a hard time relating with other kids, my age, and I felt so isolated. I felt like I loved those other kids. I thought they were wonderful and amazing and interesting, but they didn't seem to want to connect with me. And I translate that to mean that I was just not likable and I wasn't worthy. And that really wasn't the case. It was just, I was different and it's okay to not be the same as everyone else. We all have something unique that God has created us for and loving other people is a way to get past that. If we can see it that way, if we can see that we have a sense of blessing to give and blessing to receive in those relationships.
0: I love that. And I also, as I said earlier, I really think it's so powerful that you became a licensed counselor because of struggles that you had in your life as well and your compassion and passion and conviction to help other people to work through the struggles that they experienced in their life. And so at what point did the book start to come to fruition or how did that begin where you started writing this beautiful warrior, which I love that title so much.
1: The original title was actually unlovable because that was how I felt and what compelled me to want to write the book from that perspective. Mm -hmm. And even before that, it was a completely different story. I wanted to write what the Lord had called me to focus on, which was how we love the Lord, Love others as we love ourselves. And all three of those components are interdependent and connected. They're not separate. But I kept hearing back this rejection that we get as writers, we get these rejections over and over again. And for years, I kept hearing that's too broad of a topic. That's too broad of a topic. So eventually it came to me that I could maybe narrow that down by focusing on my own pain point, which was loving myself. And that was where I failed to receive the love from God fully enough to really love others well. And it was all connected. Loving God, receiving his love, and really, really dwelling in that love is hindered when we don't believe ourselves to be lovable. And it's also a hindrance to the way that we love others because we're not engaging in relationships when we see ourselves as unlovable. Yeah.
0: Well, I can see that now how it kind of I don't know if I like the word morphed, but how it transformed. Let's use that word because transformation is a powerful word. And it is what we experience when we find Jesus and freedom from all of these things. And even as believers, we tend to still believe the lies. We still fall into that pit and have to really see God for that hand that he wants to give us to pull us up. So how do you think that these things form in our lives, these lies that come about and how we start believing these things and how it can really become a downward spiral in our lives.
1: I think the enemy is very crafty and choosing little bits of truth to put in with the lie. So he'll pick things that we will believe. Like, for example, Other people don't like you. So that makes you unlovable. So he takes that little piece. Well, maybe there are other people that don't like me, but does that really necessarily mean that in God's opinion and in God's definition of who I am, he has made me unlovable. That isn't true, but he's taken a little tiny piece of truth, like an illusionist Mm -hmm. and morphed it into something that is a complete lie. So that's how we swallow these things and begin to believe them and make it part of how we see the world and see ourselves. Mm. That is
0: so good how you said that he picks the lies that we'll believe because he knows our weaknesses, not because he can read our minds, but because we pretty much give him material to work with, right? (laughs) Sometimes, but he can see the places that we have pain points and then he can really work on that like the chink in the armor or you know where we're not able to readily defend ourselves because we're weak or we already have a lacking in that area so how do you do that with your clients when you meet with them are you still actively meeting with them
1: don't have a licensed counseling practice in North Carolina since I moved from Florida and my license, I still have a current license in Florida, but I can't use it in North Carolina, but I do life coaching mm-hmm. online on zoom. And I have a, you know, very short list of clients and yes, we kind of go into that. Where are you exaggerating this negative piece in order to make it something that's not true. Mm -hmm. And that's usually an indication that the enemy is in there distorting things. He's very good at distorting the truth and making it into a complete deception. And you can see that in our culture around us, Mm -hmm. where something that sounds good really is distorted and exaggerated into something that isn't true at all.
0: Yeah, that is really a great point to bring out because sometimes things do sound like, oh, well this seems like it's godly or, oh, they're talking about Jesus, but it's not really the truth. It's kind of like a half truth. And when it's a half truth, it's not true at all. (laughs) So that is really powerful that you brought that up. And in the book, it says here, finding victory over the lies formed against you. So take us through like the book, the progression. How do you lay that out to the reader? to find that truth to be something that applies to their life.
1: There are several things that I hit on in the book. And and one of them is that we put our identity in all the wrong things Mm -hmm. because we're not putting them in Christ himself. And that's just a temptation that's been around us since the fall in chapter three of Genesis, way back at the beginning of time. We have been tempted to try to create our own reality, our own Godship over our lives instead of trusting him with who we are and recognizing whose we are really defines who we are. Instead, we'll look at performance. We'll look at appearance. We'll look at accomplishments, social status other people's approval, all kinds of really toxic things that are always going to disappoint us. And it becomes like drinking salt water. We just get thirstier and thirstier for a sense of purpose and significance and identity. And all these things just keep disappointing us over and over and over again. And yet we keep going back to the brackish water to drink. And eventually that's deadly to our souls. And we don't understand why we get into this pit of despair, where it's really a deadly spiritual place to be. But that's why it's because we're looking for all the wrong sources to fill us with fulfillment and identity and significance and purpose and joy.
0: What a great way to lay that out because you use something that we can relate to, you know, when you said salt water, because it's water, but yet it's not Healthy for our bodies, it's not the kind of water that we need. It's not like the living water that we need, and so that is really special. Can you remember maybe a turning point in your life when you dealt with the different struggles through college and all of that, where you were dealing with the eating disorder and all of that? Because I know that there are listeners now who maybe currently struggling in that area or have, and just aren't quite sure how they can break free from that. So what what was maybe a turning point for you in that, Tina?
1: Well, first of all, I would recommend that you don't do what I did and try to do it all by yourself. Okay. I, I would say that it would be faster and more effective and safer if you sought professional help, which I did not do. Um, the Lord used the one symptom I did not have of anorexia, which was the fact that my reproductive system was still functioning. That is one of the that, that was the only symptom I didn't have. Otherwise, I would have had full blown anorexia. And I became pregnant. And because I was pregnant, I focused more on that child than I did on my own need to feel thin and thinner and even thinner. And so, by focusing on someone else and what someone else could get from me being who God called me to be instead of only, you know, obsessing over what I was not. That really drew me out of that place of that toxic source of trying to develop a sense of worth and value and significance. So that was a turning point for sure, because I was more invested in. Developing health for my child and therefore not sabotaging my own health. But that isn't the way that most people will get healing. I I don't recommend you just go get pregnant in order to get over an eating disorder. That isn't really necessarily the best way for everybody. But I would recommend that if you can find a Christian therapist, you'll get through that faster. And it took a long time to get rid of the emotional symptoms of that eating disorder, even though I had still not, you know, continued as much obsessive dieting and over-exercising to the point of starving myself. I was still thinking those thoughts about, you know, low self-esteem and body image issues and really worrying that I wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough. And those things kept recurring because the enemy continues to attack us where he knows he can be successful even as we're recovering. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the spark media network that can now be heard on the edify app. The enemy continues to attack us where he knows he can be successful even as we're recovering, he continues to try to use those same old routines of attack on our identity and our self worth and our sense of centeredness in Christ. So the Lord had to keep recentering me in himself and my relationship with him and my praying with him and spending more and more time with him in meditation, prayer, dwelling on scripture and who he said I was. Those were the things that got me through that. It would have been, like I said, faster if I had a Christian therapist to help guide me through that, but I was on my own. And so it took a lot longer and it was a lot harder. And the the time of it coming back was a lot deeper and and harder to get out of that rut. So, uh, but eventually that prayer and scripture meditation was very helpful in getting through that. And I recommend Psalm 139, which is a wonderful scripture on centering how much God tenderly and intimately loves us and created us to really focus on that and what that means about who we are in him and how he formed us physically spiritually, emotionally, and relationally.
0: That's beautiful. And what a great passage of scripture to recommend, because that can be meditated on over a long period of time, just taking it piece by piece, just to, like you said, really see how God created us and how intimately he knows us and how we can know him as well. So, and God used a baby to bring you through and bring you out of that and change your focus and he can use whatever but you know a precious little life I got what you were saying in what came through was when we are outward focused on something else someone else and serving and caring and loving someone it can really cause us to change our perspective and not be so inward focused on the things that
1: actually become idols in our lives, right? Uh, it is all connected. The more we receive God's love and the more we are willing to pour out what we're receiving, the more we stay in that healthy flow and we don't become that stagnant place where we are toxic to ourselves. And we're, we're just sitting there in that poisonous low self-esteem and depressive thinking, uh, By reaching out, we can get help, but we can also think about how God has created us to be a blessing Mm. to others, not just to be all isolated and sit in despair on our own. Yeah,
0: I do love to encourage here on the Fierce Calling podcast that no matter where we've been, what we've done or what's been done to us, that God can use us. And it can be even while we're still walking through a storm There's times when he wants to bring about healing, complete healing, and then use us for certain other things. Like maybe if we're going to be speaking or something like that, he may want us to be to a certain place, but we can always serve others no matter what we're going through. And so I love that you brought that out. That is so important. And is there something you can share, uh, a bit of encouragement, For a woman who is listening, maybe some steps that she can take every day to seek that place of abiding in the vine, abiding in Jesus in what she might do, because not every woman can do the same kinds of things based on their life and what's going on. But what are some really great things that they can
1: do, some steps they may try taking first? First, I would say just know that you are loved that Jesus would have died if it was only for you. And that's how much you are loved. You are significant because the blood of Christ renders you significant. And that is the most important thing that you need to keep in the forefront of your mind at all times. And don't let the enemy distract you from your value that is anchored in what Jesus says about you, not about what you've done not about anything you can possibly ever do, not about even who you are, but only about who Jesus is. That is what gives you value. So anchor your thoughts on that and don't let the enemy tempt you away from that thinking. And in that mindset, pray through, I invite you, Lord, to take ownership of who you say I am and where I step next in my thinking and in my actions, and just kind of meditate on inviting the Lord to direct your thoughts, to direct your heart, to direct your attitudes, to direct your relationships. So invite the Lord to be part of all of your day, every moment of every day, and just kind of breathing in the presence of the Holy Spirit and inviting God to be part of your life throughout your day. And then as you read scripture, invite him to be with you reading scripture. When I have breakfast and I read my morning scriptures, I'm not reading it by myself. I'm inviting God to be there and have breakfast with me and give me my word, which is my bread for the day. That is more important than anything else that I might eat or drink the whole day. Because if you don't feed your spirit, your, your body is starving. Um, Your spiritual body is starving Even if you fed your physical body, are you going to walk around without the health of your spirit to lead you through that day? So make sure that you take time, just even if it's one verse to begin your day with one verse, it can be a short verse, something so that you have fed your spirit and that you have invited God to help you ingest that and make it metabolized into what you think about and who you are and how you lead the rest of your day. Because if the spirit isn't in it, you're just reading words. So you need to invite him to guide you through that. So those are two very, very important things. And then the third thing is find a healthy Christian mentor and group to connect with in community and fellowship. It is very important that we don't try to do this alone. And it can be kind of toxic because the enemy is very effective When he can get at us in our own little secret places, in our minds and in our thoughts, without inviting other people to help us process. So it's very important to find a healthy Christian community to connect with and help you grow and help you heal. Mm.
0: That is some powerful wisdom from the Lord right there, and very encouraging and helpful steps that we can do every day. And it is a daily thing. And so, not to feel like a failure if one day we aren't feeling like we allowed our thoughts to go where they were supposed to go. You know, it's a daily thing. And like you said, the enemy really wants to find the place where he can be effective in order to make us ineffective. Right. Because the scripture tells us that he has only come to steal, kill and destroy. That's his whole agenda. And if he can keep us down, we're not effective for the kingdom and we cannot share his love But it's such a sweet picture that you created in our minds just then about you sitting down to breakfast and inviting the Lord to breakfast with you. You know, it just reminds me of when Jesus was on the beach and he was like, cooking breakfast, you know, (laughs) and for the disciples to come on, eat breakfast. It was just so sweet to think of it that way and to invite him in. And another powerful thing, too, that I love is how you are talking in terms of feeding and eating when that was a struggle that you had in your life physically and the importance of feeding ourselves spiritually, because that can be kind of like an anorexic spiritual life, right? So can you talk a little bit about how that has helped even you continue to heal through this and to help other people through it as well?
1: I think if we don't center every meal that we have emotionally, physically, and spiritually on our provider, on our nourisher, on our creator, then we are at risk of really missing out on the deepest feeding that we can receive. And we can be anorexic spiritually, even if we're overfed physically, mm. and we can be anorexic emotionally, even if we're overfed relationally, we may have tons of people in our lives, but we're not inviting Jesus into those relationships. So we need to make sure that that is constantly the center of how we nourish our minds, our bodies, and our souls. That is wonderful.
0: Because when you think about it too, if our muscles aren't used, they atrophy, right? And it made me think about too, you know, when a family sits down to a meal, and says the blessing, says grace, that it's not just something rote that we feel like well, we can't take a bite till we bless the food, but not really thinking about the whole purpose of why we're even doing that or what the meaning is. And I think you just put a lot of meaning toward the food part of it and how it's a total experience. It's not just feeding our bodies thank you for that. I think that is so helpful and it's going to help a lot of our listeners today think about that in something they can impart also to their children because they might have a child who's struggling and feeling they have no self-worth and it's hard for a parent to try to encourage their child in those areas. So I love that you have a ministry that helps us to see what God's truth is in this area, and also a podcast. Tell us about Flourishment. Where did that come from?
1: Well, it took a long time to decide what to call the podcast. As you know, that's one of the hardest things about starting, but I feel like it can encompass so many rich things that we can invite into the practical walking out of our faith journey. When we think about how to flourish, God doesn't want us to just get by. He wants us to flourish in our callings, to flourish in the life that he designed for us. doesn't mean we're always happy and everything goes well, but it does mean that we are filled to overflowing with his spirit, with his presence, and with the good things that he has for us for healing and moving forward in our relationships and in the things that he's called for us that it's a good work that he created in advance for us to do, as scripture says. So he created us with a purpose. And when we can find out how to live that our best way and all the things that go into that, then he's really got an opportunity to bless us. And so that's what I was hoping for in the podcast is to highlight all of the experts that can, like we say, feed into our spiritual well-being.
0: And I do love that it, because you know, flourishment is what you're talking about, but flourish meant, like we're meant to flourish. And that is a truth from God. And so those things are so important to focus on the truth of what he says and what's true about us and what's true about him. Because oftentimes the things that we feel are not true about us stems from something we're believing that's not true about him. And so I love your encouragement and just this book is amazing. And could you let the listener know how can they connect with you, Tina, and find your book and all about your podcast and everything?
1: Well, everything you need to know is on my website, and that's at Tina Yeager.com, and that's Y-E-A-G-E-R. Jaeger.com. So that's pretty easy. Everything's there. Yeah,
0: and I'll have those links in the show notes so the listener can find you and check out your book, Beautiful Warrior, Finding Victory Over the Lies Formed Against You. And who doesn't need that book? We all need that book, okay? Let's just grab some copies so that we can have some on hand to give to friends because we're also called to encourage and lift each other up. So oftentimes we may be in a position where we can use this wonderful resource to help someone else who's struggling in this thing we call life. But God says, you know, that he wants us to live life abundantly. Jesus said he came that our life would be abundant, that we could live it to the full. And so I can definitely see how your encouragement and what he's doing in and through you and your ministry is sharing that truth with a lot of people who need to hear it. So thank you so much, Tina. It's been such a joy having you on today. Thank you, Doris. It's been my honor and delight to be here. Thank you, friend. Well, God bless you, and we will talk soon. Thank you so much for listening today. This was such an encouraging episode and so needed, especially today when things are so crazy in the world, and we really need hope, and we really need to know who we are in Christ so we can in turn, walk in our fierce calling to help others walk in theirs and to find hope in Christ. And, you know, there's so many things that we talked about that were so powerful. And I love this quote where Tina said in the show, just know that you are loved, that Jesus would have died if it was only for you. And that's how much you are loved. Friend, you're loved we're all in this together, and you are not alone. And if you find yourself trying to isolate away, that's a red flag. We do want to find time to pull away from the crowd like Jesus did and spend time with the Father. But if you're doing this on a regular basis to avoid people or conversations, then that is an indication that There might be something deeper going on, and there's a community of believers who want to come around you and pray with you and pray for you, so don't miss that, friend. Reach out to Tina at her website. I have the links in the show notes for you for her website and her book, and I hope you join me next time when I talk with another believer in Jesus who is taking action where their passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.